Last time on Base Funk. Drop off preserves and books outside of Warden Light's tower once a week or something like that. True naming something isn't the same as just casting magic on it. Magic is setting something on fire. True names are like the actual burning. He's He's got a daughter up there. Yeah, nice kid. I want to cast Disguise Self. There we go. I just want to be with my family. Well, you may have lost one member of your family. You might have gained one, and potentially two members of your family just outside this mirror. This young girl's already lost one father. Don't make her lose a second. And then Mars just sort of looks to the angel, and then he sort of lunges in to just hug him. If you, if you want to know what the Aurora is, just ask her. The Aurora itself. The Triad sent me here, sent us here with this tower because they're scared. The gods are scared of this, this thing, the Aurora, things like it. They can't even come close to harming it, to threatening it. All we can do is hold it, hold it in place. That's what this tower is. So we're playing Dungeons and Dragons this week to mix it up a little bit. Are we going to see either a dungeon or a dragon this week? Absolutely not. Never. <laughs> that is a promise I made early in the history of the show, which is there shall be no dragons and no dungeons. Not necessarily in that order. But although I was accused of breaking that promise when Zoe got turned into a dragon, but it's my contention that she was a half-elf in the shape of a dragon, which is legally distinct. <laughs> Well, you are the expert on animal law. <laughs> I, I soon will be. Uh, I don't know if any of this is salvageable. Uh, uh, also, total whiplash incoming in three, two, one, because you guys were watching an angel have a panic attack at the end of the last episode, which is where we still are. So get all your jokes out now, because he's not having a great day, and that's still the room you're in. I thought that was pretty hilarious, though, but okay, whatever. <laughs> I guess standards of comedy change every day. Yikes. Whatever. Yikes. <laughs> that reveals a lot about Skitch. Yeah, I love suffering. It doesn't reveal anything about me. Anyway, let's... Wasn't he not having a panic attack now because Roland made him brave? Yeah, so the, the scene actually ended with Roland imbuing him with heroism, mm. which gave him enough stability to reveal something to you. And although it's not 100% clear what's going on, you now have the idea that the Aurora is something which can be communicated with, which is... Probably the biggest break in the mystery of the season so far. Uh, that's where you guys are. And I'll kind of start this scene with the note that with all the ruckus, all the chains and the smashing and the yelling, Martis Valamin and Grace Rosemary come downstairs to see what's going on. And they see Warden Light kind of struggling to his feet, breathing heavily as Roland uh, helps him up by the arm. And everyone is uh, trying to lend their support to this person who's clearly uh, in a bad place right now, but he is no longer smashing things, which is a good start. 
L- light. D- d- you're saying that this th- the the barrier's alive. D- do you know what it is? Sister Veltari, I don't know if alive is the right word. All I know is it's above us, and I was sent here because the gods are scared, and it took a long time to really process that, and I didn't want to know it anymore, and now I know it again. You shouldn't know this either. It's too much. It's too much to know. We're not the kind of people to stress too much about anything. Like, I'm pretty sure we can <laughs> we can do okay with this knowledge. This is useful knowledge. We're not gonna probably not gonna sit stressing about this. Look, we'll we'll get this out of your head again. We'll take this burden off of you. But I have one question, and I I don't know if you're gonna know an answer to this. Uh, just random question off the top of off, off the top of my head. Do you know if the barrier is a celestial and elemental affair or a fiend? <laughs> just just for example just, just for uh, example do you know if it might fit into one of those categories here's here's what i'll say a lot of you guys have the ability to detect stuff yeah. and it never set off anybody's detectors and also for 50 years every force in heaven and in hell has been trying to figure out what it is and no one has figured it out mm-hmm. which means it's not right something that can be easily discovered. Someone would have figured it out by it's now. It's not something that could be conveniently bound to my service with a single spell or anything, no? Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately not, although that would be incredibly cool. <laughs> uh, is, is, is there anything else you can tell us before we, before we wipe, wipe your mind again? When we made that arrangement, I fully intended on following through with it. I was honest at the time. However, circumstances have clearly changed. There is no putting the genie back in the bottle on this one, I'm afraid. I, I don't know, where we can still put that genie back in the bottle. Go on, we'll give it a whirl. <laughs> he says, now I have Mardis here to help protect my family. The arrangement we had has changed. You may go. I will honor my promise to allow Alice into her husband's mirror. But our business here is done. I'm not sure this is how handshake deals work, but sure, I guess. Nora shrugs. Okay. Do we do we want to do we want to go? Light seems to be like both in like physical and psychological pain, and at this point, like Grace and Martyrs are like helping support him, and it just seems like he just wants to go to bed. <laughs> like I don't know if you guys have had like the roughest day you've ever had. Mm. He's had that times a hundred. He actually probably just says to you. If anybody comes to threaten Grace, they will meet Mardis's steel and my chains and either death or mirror. That's all that matters now. Do with the information you have gathered what you will, and I will defend my family. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's two things we gotta do now, I guess. Uh, so th- that's the small scale stuff. There's, you know, go get Alice, get her put in the mirror with her husband, uh, go tell Penny, uh, it... She's in the mirror now. It's great. Ah. <laughs> and then there's the whole, let's go talk to the barrier. Where do we want to start? Do we deal with the barrier first or second? I, I think that it would be best to um, take care of the business that we know has a point of closure first. Yeah, that's a fair point. The, the barrier doesn't seem like it's going to like attack us anytime soon. Certainly not going anywhere. If it could do anything, you'd think it'd do it now. All right, it sounds like you guys are going to go to Hawthorne House. Mm-hmm. So leaving 
Warden Light and his family behind to convalesce. You guys head out of the sacrum and start heading across the fields of Ilium. Uh, in the distance, you see Hawthorne House, but coming at a angle towards you, you also see uh, the rocks, Claudia Rock and Robin Rock, and they are walking to intercept you with purpose. Uh-oh. Dora runs over there, <laughs> just speeds over there. All right. Uh, I mean, Claudia hugs you, uh, but kind of biz cash. Like you get like a side hug as she's still clearly uh, on a mission to talk to the avant-garde. And uh, Robin does like a, a gooey kind of flourish. He does like a spinning whirlwind kind of thing, but doesn't actually make contact with you. But it's clearly it's like a an affectionate gesture. Like Dora's here. Hey, guys. Hi, Dora. What's up? Well, I uh, got to talk to your co-workers, roommates. I don't know. Your guys, your dudes. Okay. Yo, dudes. <laughs> I mean, the two groups meet and uh, Claudia has a look on her face already. And I know Theodora is absolutely oblivious to it, but the rest of the avant-garde are not. And it's not a good facial expression. What seems to be the situation, Claudia? Hey, Roland. Uh, I got a weird uh, story to tell you. Just an anecdote. Do you have time? Are you guys busy? I think we can spare a moment, at least. Okay. So here's a weird thing that happened to me. A ways back, uh, we needed a fridge, a refrigerator, the icebox for our house. You remember, you put your friend in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in order to get that, I went to Penny's and I traded some stuff. Uh, one of the things I traded was a, an old bit of uh, lab equipment. So a magical and a magic enhancing bangle. Right. <laughs> and, and so I haven't really thought about it since I traded it. It's not really a big deal. I didn't have any sentimental value or anything. Uh, but then I heard from Penny that she'd been robbed and a bunch of her stuff went missing. Mm. <laughs> I looked at the manifest and it was like, oh, hey, my bangle was among it. Um, was among the stuff taken. That's super convenient because I can just use locate item. Because <laughs> I'm super familiar with my own stuff. And so I followed the signal. And she reaches into her messenger bag and pulls out uh, all the stuff that Veltari had squirreled away in Avant-Garde's headquarters. And she begins dropping the items one at a time onto the ground in front of you. And she says, so I followed the signal to your house and I found not just my stuff, but it looks like all the stuff that's missing. So have have you spoken to Penny about this yet? No, not yet. I went over there. And she told us the stuff was missing, and then I followed it. My first thought was to find Dora, because Dora promised that she would help if, well, something like this happened. Uh, look, don't don't get the rest of this lot tangled up in this. If anyone's going down, it's me. I'm going to be straight with you. I stole Penny's stuff. Wasn't trying to steal all of it. Was trying to steal one gem to try and take control of Warden Light in an attempt to take down the barrier. No one likes the barrier. Trying to get rid of it. Wasn't a great thing to do, but I did steal from Penny. None of them were involved. It's all on me. All right. Well, you said a lot of things there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of which I don't care about and some of, I, some, <laughs> some of which I care about very much. Uh, you said nobody, nobody likes the barrier. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are a lot of refugees here who count on the barrier for their safety. Yeah. Including me and including Robin, as we are wanted criminals in the outside world. Yeah. And if you bring down the barrier, I will kill you. In addition, the new leader of the Lilies promised uh, in exchange for cleaning up this mess with Penny... She would fix Robin. 
So you're coming with us. So look, team, you keep doing this. I'm going with them. I will do what I have to do. You just you get on top of this, okay? Okay. Thanks for not making me choose between uh, you and my uh, couple. It's it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna tear a I'm not gonna tear a thruple apart. It's <laughs> it's fine. Look, I I did this. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to deny that, and we'll see what I can do. Roland's going to interject um, before the rocks take Valtarian's weight and simply asks, even if you do this for Claire, do you have any assurance that she can actually deliver on her promise? I haven't seen her do it, Claudia says, but uh, Claire says she can polymorph. Apparently it's a sorcerer spell. Uh, it's not one that I know, so maybe it's something she learned later or from Lady Nim. So we started this campaign at level six and sorcerers get access to polymorph at level seven. So as soon as the Hawthorne house mission was done at any time, Zoe could have fixed Robin. <laughs> My in-character understanding is that it just never occurred to Zoe, which is fine, but I'm curious how she feels about the realization that she just never considered it because she could have fixed Robin at near the beginning of this campaign because polymorph is available to sorcerers at level seven. Can Roland think on the polymorph spell that they just mentioned for a moment? Because there might be something a little uh, off about that. Yeah. Arcana check? Uh, it's 12. Yeah, 12 isn't great, but you know that polymorph changes something's shape, but you also know it's super limited. Uh, the biggest limitation is that it's super temporary. Mm-hmm. It only lasts an hour. So with the 12, you think that this isn't actually a, a great long-term solution to Robin's problem. If her solution involves polymorph, it's not a solution that's going to last for any meaningful period of time. Dora's going to be like, shh, no, don't say that. Claudia says, I would kill all of you here if it meant I got to hold my husband again. I know, Claudia. Like, they don't, they don't get it, but um, you got her. I'm just being clear. I understand it's not the end of our problems, but if you're going to try to lecture us about it not being perfect... I'm sorry, but I'll take what I can get. I'm I'm saying it's not even in a realm of being discussed about being perfect, but... All right, who's coming with us? <laughs> Claudia grabs Veltari by the arm. Uh, Zoe will come with. I I put up zero fight here, at, at least at this second. Okie dokie. So Veltari and Zoe are going to go to Tarsus to be thrown on the mercy of Claire Elise Legrand, leader of the Lilies. And uh, presumably Roland and Theodore are going to go on ahead to Hawthorne House to deliver the news to Alice. So let's uh, let's continue this narrative thread and go to Tarsus because uh, Roland and Theodore are going to have to go through skeleton security. <laughs> so that's happening in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> on the way there, though, I think if this hasn't really occurred to Zoe yet, it's probably now when it happens that Zoe, I don't know if you've ever thought about the polymorph spell, but you did have access to it. Do you have any feelings about that? I know this isn't like something you would necessarily say out loud. I'm just curious for the the emotional texture of the scene. It's one in a line of things Zoe's realized she hasn't really thought all the way through. (laughs) Okay. This would probably hit harder if this were like the one instance of where she's been kind of misthinking on her approach to everything. But she's sort of realized just about every decision she's sort of made since she's come to Ilium has sort of been the wrong one. Um, so it's sort of just another sort of piece on the, uh, on the pile right now. Okay. So you just, it's a, like, 
regret of a thousand cuts, basically. It's just at this point, it's just all bad. She feels bad, although she she's also recognizing that from Roland's explanation, it's not a permanent solution and she would much rather find a permanent one. So it's not as though she's she's like, oh, what a depressive world I live in. Every mistake I make is my own or anything like that. But she can't like she's not crushed by it because she's she's just used to these sort of moments where she realized she hasn't been doing things right. Mm. And she's she's trying to think bigger picture on everything right now. I, I imagine a lot of this walk starts off just in awkward silence of no one really saying anything. Um, but at some point, I just kind of want to blurt out to them, just, I did this whole robbery trying to take control of Warden Light, and I've realized that that is probably not a thing I should do. Claudia says, I'm really happy for you and your personal growth. Anyway, <laughs> and she shoves you through the door into Tarsus. <laughs> ah, didn't expect that to change anything, but neat. I felt the need to say it. Well, you are pushed across Tarsus. Zoe's kind of lagging behind. She's not really under arrest. And you guys are taken to what used to be lady nim's outer office Mm. obviously the inner office has disappeared but it is now claire's office although very sparsely decorated she just kind of moved in it's just like a table a chair and you know some a knickknack or two she doesn't really have a lot of stuff she just came into existence like a month ago uh but she's sitting in her chair and like picking at her teeth and you guys walk in and she like oh sorry i'm just yeah i'm looking very official look i have my hands steepled and i'm very ready for a cool uh (laughs) meeting time hi i i just kind of silently stand there for a second just not sure how to how to start (laughs) all right so claire looks to zoe and says what'd you do i'm not actually here for something that i did uh for once actually but (laughs) i'm here to uh represent my friend who is here for a reason hey so hi i robbed penny (laughs) that's that's a thing to get out of the way (laughs) uh I'm just going to do the thing. Honesty is apparently a thing that works. I'm going to lay this all out on the table for you. <laughs> and let's see how this goes. Let's see whether the goody two-shoes method is worth its salt. I robbed Penny. My intention was to take control of Warden Light and get him to take down the barrier. Didn't work out like that. <laughs> Claire says, wow, okay, well, you unload a lot there. Uh, Penny wants her stuff back and she wants your head. And... I'm in a weird position because I just kind of just became the leader and I can't seem like a candy ass on day two. So I really want to come through, but I also don't want her to eat your face or put you in a mirror. You know, she gets in moods, but is it something where we could talk to Penny Claire? Perhaps if she sees that she's gotten her stuff back and maybe Beltari can do some sort of penance to her <laughs> community service yeah or i don't know gives her a dollar i don't know whatever penny finds that would just be an equitable way of kind of washing her hands of this without any need to involve mirrors or face eating at this point claudia actually breaks in and says uh, the only way this ends is with us getting what we were promised so i just want that to be clear to everyone in the room <laughs> and claire says uh yeah i mean i have spell slots to spare you're fine on that also spell slots are a thing that i know about in universe just in case anybody's curious if that's a anyway uh yeah i mean i'm not gonna stop you from talking to penny can you make it seem like i was really cool and made you do it like can i punch you or something no yourself punch yourself punch punch me in the face if you want i i'm gonna take it (laughs) yeah i'm just we have to make it look like i'm a cool like i'm 
the new Nim. And you don't I'm not- need to keep explaining it. Punch me in the face already. <laughs> <laughs> um, who? What's a good force spell? It's magic missile. All right, fine. Uh, and they don't miss. So, uh, <laughs> so Claire says, "All right, tell them I was really cool." And then she sh- fires a magic missile uh, into your face, Veltari. How much damage do I take? Thirteen. That's that's maybe a third. That's that's like a little under a third of my health. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a third, maybe it maybe a quarter of my health. Okay, Claire says, all right, so you're a bard, so you can sell this, right? Go throw yourself on Penny's Mercy. Yeah, I can sell this. So tell me how you do that. So she, you get punched in the face with three magic missiles, bloodying you up a bit. Okay, so I, I go up to the shop. I'm initially assuming alone. I don't. Is anyone following me? Is anyone coming up as well? The rocks are going to stay behind for their reward. Zoe's on her own. Would- Zoe can go with you if you wanted to go alone, but if you wanted somebody who's like a... If you want to stay, like, outside the room in case it sounds like things are going badly. <laughs> sure. Um, do I have Penny's stuff to bring back to her, or has that been given to, uh... Oh, the rocks, the rocks hand you the stuff, because they know the, they know the plan. Okay, so I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the stuff up to Penny, and I'm just gonna walk straight in and dump the stuff down on the table. Penny looks up at you, she was sharpening a knife behind the, the counter, and she sees you... F- throw four magic items and a spell component down on her table. And she says, huh, I honestly thought it was going to be the squid, but okay. Hey, Penny, this is new territory for me. So uh, I just do the same as I've done before. I honestly lay on the table to uh, lay out for her what I was planning, (laughs) why and what I did. Okay, so I thought this was going to be a dramatic episode in which Theodora had to pick between her friends and her lovers, and then there would be a dramatic confrontation and Viltari would have to fight her way out, and she just goes around apologizing to everyone. <laughs> you gotta keep in mind, it's a long con. You got you, you don't want to reveal the twist too early, so just let, let it develop. Exactly, give, give me some breathing room. There's, there's two things going on here. There is, like, someone forgave me and that's meaningful, and also parent issues that arose with light and, and child. There's also, you know, honesty is the way to start this, and we'll see what consequences come of that, and I'll deal with those as they come. Here's a big consequence, because this is, I think, an important moment in your arc and maybe it's kind of gauche to point that out <laughs> but yeah i'm i'm aware uh so here's what i'm gonna do is say you can do a persuasion check to sell your apology to penny or you can acknowledge how far you've come and wh- who veltari is now and change your alignment to reflect this new world view in which case you will not need to make a check she will understand that you are sincere but if you want to remain chaotic evil, then there needs to be a part of this, which is grift. Mm. This is this is a big decision because, like, yep. I I'm, I'm going to talk this through a little bit because, like, legitimately, I think that there there is some sincere change that happened around um, Roland's apology, uh, Roland's forgiveness. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's been a long time coming. I wouldn't have asked for this just when he gave you the sword, but between this and the gray stuff, I think this has been a long time coming. This conversation, at least. Yeah, the big the big thing for me with the gray stuff, and this is something I've not really talked about a lot, but, like, Valtari's really not got much in the way of, like, 
supportive parents was never a thing she had. Mm-hmm. You know, she never knew one parent and the other parent abandoned her pretty soon. And Valtari had been so hell-bent on this idea of use anyone you have to to do what you've got to do. And if that meant use Warden Light... Like, her, uh, Valtari's plan was use Warden Light and dispose of him or incapacitate him or kill him at the end because, you know, otherwise he's probably going to kill you or lock you in a mirror for something you can never escape escape from. And this whole realisation of, oh, he's a parent with a kid and he really cares about his kid just kind of threw Valtari a bit. The whole way through this episode, I think Valtari has been walking a very thin line between... Do I turn this into a long con at some point? Like, there have been points in this episode where I've been considering, you know, do I do I leave Claire go up to Penny and be like, oh yeah, I got these from Alice Hawthorne, who's uh, in a mirror by now. Like, do I do I do that lie there? And just me of me of like four or five episodes ago, easy, no no questions, no questions about it. And the fact that I am struggling with this choice suggests that switching alignment is probably the way to go. Ah, that's the long con was on herself, I see. <laughs> no, like, I kept going through this episode being like, oh, this is the point where, like, it will feel right for Veltari to do the, the, like, pull the rug out from under everyone. And I had plans to do it, and it just didn't feel right for Veltari. So this isn't a con. This is, the, I, I think she just legitimately is going to deal with the consequences. The real con was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> you cut me off. I was totally going to say something like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Okay, that that's a thing I did. So where would where would where would I move? I suppose. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. It's your character. D- do what feels right for you. I I feel like. I mean, you're still very chaotic. Yeah, I I feel like chaotic neutral is the place to go. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is definitely still chaotic, and I don't think this is a moment that shifts, like, from evil to good. All right, good, right, but... Yeah, but I think a shift to chaotic neutral feels right. Uh, So you plop the items down, and you apologize and explain with sincerity, and Penny sees it on your face, and she says, Ah, what the hell am I going to do with you? I can't... I can't just cut you up in front of all the customers now. <laughs> well, you can. Probably deserve it. Gee, but did you say things like that, and then I'm going to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I feel... How am I going to pull off the punk rock, like, you know, megastar thing now? Fuck. I've lost my edge. Oh. All right, I know. Here's what we're going to do. All right? What are we going to do? Play along. <laughs> Right, okay. <laughs> and then we just smash cut to Penny throwing you off the banister from the second floor <laughs> of Tarsus, and you land on a table, and you're going to take uh, D10 damage. One! <laughs> All right, so you la- you land on a table, and the people who are sitting there grab their drinks and get up before you land, so you don't <laughs> impale yourself on a bottle, which is what I was hoping for. That would have been dramatic. <laughs> And Penny yells down, you're not welcome here anymore. Get out. I don't want to see your face again, you dirty thief. And I I walk out. 
And uh, Penny continues like yelling invectives and you know tiefling slurs. She gets really personal. She insults oh. your your appearance and general attitude and vibe. She wants to make it very clear that she beat you, and it was very cool and good of her. Time to go back to chaotic evil. Let's go kick out. <laughs> 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 Zoe, what do you do during this street cred saving maneuver that everyone pulls? Uh, I, I think grab a drink and watch. It seems pretty entertaining. Uh, I was meant to just like stand back for, uh, you know, in case something <laughs> bad happened. But I assume that I caught wind enough to know that there's a plan. Yeah, you were standing outside the door when they were discussing it inside and you caught the, the basic gist of what's going on. Yeah, I'm going to be like. By God, she killed her. She just killed her. I'm just like a, a like a color commentator for WWE at this point. She had a family. Why, Penny? Why? <laughs> nice. Um, so uh, after this kind of scene kind of dies down because Veltari is going to leave, um, you see Robin and Claudia coming out of Claire's office. And Robin is a slightly chubby befleshed elf man for the moment uh zoe's gonna go up to them and she's just going to ask bluntly so how does it feel claudia just looks at you and she's kind of just like holding robin close to her and robin doesn't seem like comfortable and ready with his body it's because he's been a slime man for so long he doesn't even seem like he knows how to walk right now but they're just like overcome with emotion as she just like holds him close to her and she just like start opens her mouth to answer you and she does that pre-cry breath the <sighs> and she just stops trying to talk because it's not going to work uh zoe just says i'm happy for you guys and then kind of walks past them i think maybe towards uh, claire's office yeah and claudia and robin kind of go sit down and they just kind of enjoy each other's company and hold hands and live for the first time in who knows how long and you go into claire's office and she is sitting behind her desk looking very smug <laughs> and she says see i i knew i could handle it i wasn't even worried at all for for even a minute about losing everyone's confidence and blowing this whole thing immediately i think you'd be fine you don't have to worry about crazy things happening when you cast spells so you know and it didn't turn him inside out or nothing <laughs> Yeah, a victory all around. How's um leading the lilies going for you, by the way? Does everyone seem okay with it? She kind of collapses back into her chair with a sigh and says, uh, it was a bit touch and go there. I was worried that if I screwed up the huge embarrassing robbery at the very beginning of this, that they would kick me out. But it seems like uh, if my understanding of the ruckus outside is correct, that everything turned out, no one's no one's dead. Uh, no, no one's dead. Uh, Penny got her stuff back? Yeah, Penny got all of her stuff back, so I think it seems like it's, uh, gonna work out all right. Uh, I did it. Yep, you did it. Good job. Thanks. Hey, why did you not ever think about polymorphing him? I don't know. Why would you think I would? You know what? Fair. I hadn't thought of it until he asked. They asked. She asked. You know what's weird? We always picked, like, offensive spells? Fireballs and wind and gusting and... Crash profanity, you know? Create profanity is a really offensive spell. Like, why are why are we so hostile? I... 
just, uh, you know, magic didn't really come to me. I sort of just picked what felt natural, I guess. Like the whole thing of like memorizing spells, it doesn't make sense. So I kind of just go with what innately works. Don't get me wrong. I love fireballs. Fireballs are very cool. It's just we could have been helping people the whole time. I'll catch you around, Claire. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did I did I mess up? No, you didn't do anything. So he's going to head on out. <laughs> oh, dang. Uh, so I guess you're going to head out of Tarsus. You pass the rocks. And at this point, Robin just like has his head on Claudia's like lap and she's petting him. <laughs> he's just like a cat, basically. And they're just like blissed out in the middle of a bar, which is like a really weird place to be petting your husband. But they don't give a single heck. <laughs> they don't care. Um, and I guess you're going to go after Veltari. Are you okay? Veltari's outside and just like looking through the window, she's going to cast Magic (laughs) Mouth onto one of the bottles behind the bar and get it to pretty much like, as soon as no one, no one else is around, I want the mouth to just say, everything's cool. I saved face. See you later. Oh, to carry. Gosh, you're very good at this game. (laughs) Yeah, I've got to to make sure that I, I maintain my flirt game. Yeah, I mean, Carrie saw all that, but she also saw that the fall didn't hurt you even a little bit, and so she she didn't panic. I, I assumed as much, but I just wanted to be like, yeah, this was all, this this was the goal. There's another version of that scene where you land on a steak knife, and it gets very hectic, and <laughs> it's a different thing entirely. Uh, I, just, I just wanted to be like, come come see me later, we'll, we're, we're, you know, it's all cool. All right, so Veltari and Zoe are reunited. Anything you guys want to say to each other before you head on over to Hawthorne's? Uh, I don't know if Zoe's actually going to join up with everybody. Like, she'll pass by Veltari, but uh, it's going to be clear she's not. She's She seems very emotionally kind of uh, fragile at the moment. But before she goes, I kind of want Veltari to just, just as as she's passing, just go, Hey, um, thanks. For what? What did I do? You came with me. I was ready to just... I don't know. I was ready to just go in a mirror because none of you deserved anything for what I did. And you... You came. It's more than I deserve. Thank you. You're welcome. It wasn't... It wasn't anything big, though, you know? You handed it all yourself. You're you're really smart like that. You know how to, to talk your way out of situations and, and uh, say the right things. I know how to say the things that'll get me out of immediate trouble. That's not the same as knowing the, how to say the right things. <laughs> but thanks. Uh, no problem. Um, hey, if if you're headed back to where the others are, um, let them know that I got something I want to do first, and I'll catch up with them later. Do you, do you need a hand, or are you... Nah, I think I just need to do something alone for a little bit. Okay. I'll 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 let them know, and I head off to go join everyone else. So we're gonna jump to Roland and Theodora scene, kind of in media res, because oh snap! <laughs> Why is Roland bald? Holy shit! What's happened this episode? Oh man, the house just exploded. <laughs> we ratcheted the tension up very high off camera. Um, you guys got past the skeletons all right, and you guys sat down with Alice and you explained the basic situation. 
is it is there anything you guys want to like add or leave out because she's basically preparing for her death so this is kind of a big thing for her are you sure you want to be stuck with bumbles forever (laughs) it's not ideal but i've met the man and i've taken his measure and he's nothing i can't handle a coward and uh (laughs) and a weakling and a fool and uh Nothing I haven't crushed before, so. Is there anything that you want us to know about your home here? You gotta water the skeletons twice a day. <laughs> um, no, she actually puts the dragon bone staff on the table between you and says, so you're not going to be able to control all of them right away. In mm-hmm. fact, it's going to be some time before you can do more than get one to kind of half obey. It's a... It's a lifetime vocation, Hmm. but I hope that you will find some use in them, and they will continue to keep the grounds cleaned and manicured for the foreseeable future. They're kind of, uh, they have their duties, but uh, I hope you can make use of it. It's been my project all these many years, and I'm I'm glad to see that it will be in somebody's hands who cares after I'm gone. Well, we'll need to make sure to throw them a party once we figure out our way around the uh the mechanics yeah yeah they don't require much once one party every couple decades should do it well we're gonna party way more than that (laughs) all right well that is i just that will be mostly for you honey but i understand doris thinking of different ways to dress up the skeletons (laughs) okay wonderful uh all right so i understand that the angels having some difficulties. I suppose I should uh, give him the rest of the night to recover, and I'll go over first thing in the morning. Uh, you know, have one last night to put my affairs in order. Very well. If there's anything else that you wish for us to take care of or look into before you leave, you can either let us know in person or leave a note if you just want to be by yourself for between now and the time you enter the mirror. I never was much for an audience. <laughs> I spent quite a lot of time alone, and I suspect mm-hmm. I will be alone until the end. And then I won't be alone ever again, which is... <sighs> Sometimes things work out, Roland. <laughs> Even if they don't work out the, your whole life, I guess sometimes in the end, they eventually get there. Mm-hmm. If there's any comfort in that, I hope you can find it. It does provide me with a sense of comfort that you'll be in a place of peace forever. (laughs) Peace of a sort. I assume it'll be raucous for a while. (laughs) But I I suspect you'll find a way to to find some way to gain control over it, at least enough to keep things uh, habitable. Tell Bumbles I say hi and then punch him really hard for me. <laughs> Absolutely, dear. Thanks. I'm fairly certain that Max has done that a few times already. At least the punching part. <laughs> yeah, your friend is a glass jaw and glass abdomen. I put a hole in him. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point, I think it's best for us to leave you with your time that you have left, but we were happy to help you, Alice. And I'm glad I met at least one person who, if not redeemed, (laughs) at least left me with 
There's some hope for people like you, if you don't mind me saying. No offense taken. <laughs> Wonderful. I assume you'll be wanting this, dear? She pushes the staff over to you, Theodora, because you're the most loudly magical of the currently present people. Oh, yes. I'm going to take it. <laughs> you, you seem quite enthusiastic, dear. Are you excited for the skeletons? Oh, I'm so excited for the skeletons. Spooky friends. All right. Well, somebody who knows what they're doing and can manage a house and someone who enjoys the work. It's more than I could have asked for. Thank you. Are you still going to break in once it's yours? Maybe for fun. <laughs> she stands up and uh, goes to walk you guys out. We leave probably without incident, unless Dora wants to create an incident, you know? <laughs> no, Dora's going to, like, salute her as she leaves, like, Godspeed. Uh, she waves kindly to you guys, and she seems like a, a kind of mixture of, like, relieved and, you know, sad, but also mm -hmm. just content, and uh, the doors close, and you guys see Voltari running up <laughs> to the skeletons, and the skeletons are, like, taking battle positions, because I don't know what she's up to. Uh, but you guys also have this staff, and it's clear that, you know, everything's fine. Uh, hey, everyone. Hey. You're still alive, Voltari. I... Yep. Not in a mirror. Not dead. I had no doubts. Ro Roland, I have to thank you. Apparently that whole honesty thing sometimes is not a bad call. <laughs> it's not necessarily the, the cleanest way out of some situations, but... You say eyeing Voltari's fucked up face. <laughs> But it, 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 but it seems at the very least that we've avoided a worse outcome for the time being. The worst thing that came out of what's just gone on is that, like, I can't take control of Warden Light, which, let's be fair, after after what we found out tonight, not going to happen anyway. And I can't go to the place where where my, my nice lady friend works, but it's fine. She can come see me elsewhere. It's all good. Yes, it's it's not like Carrie can't leave Tarsus on her own, so... You know, it's the one... Well, I was going to say it's the one bar. It, it's the one bar in town. It's it's an atmosphere I'm going to miss, but hopefully that's not a problem, because we'll get this barrier down and there'll be plenty of bars. If I'm, if also, if I'm not mistaken, there's actually a bar in, well, this place, Roland says, pointing to the <gasps> mansion we just left. Mm, I like your thinking, Roland. And technically, after... Uh, Alice heads into the mirror. This is our property. I'm in charge of the skeletons. <gasps> oh, you've got the staff. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> can I can I have the staff, please? Dora's going to hug it. But I want to be in control of the skeletons. I want a thing that's touched by a god. It was my thing that I was aiming for for ages. Can we share it? Can't, like, dual custody? Okay, fine, we'll share it. We'll do alternating days. <laughs> Roland can have Sundays to even it out. <laughs> I, 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 I'm fine. I don't need to get my hands on the staff there, okay? J joke, jokes aside, Roland. This is going to sound stupid coming from me. This is, this is going to sound a bit ridiculous, but I finally feel like, <laughs> at least to some degree, I deserve the forgiveness you gave me, so... Thank you. It's not a problem, Veltari. I have to say that my position about our situation has changed quite a bit in the past day. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a day. It's been a day. And it's not even done yet. Where's Zoe, by the way? Hey, Zoe. Where are you? <laughs> um, I think uh, the first thing she's gone to do is towards the, the edge of Ilium. 
probably like the place she actually entered into Ilium from. I think there's just a period of time where she spends kind of like staring at the uh, the barrier and reflecting on it, like trying to like placing her hand on it just to like I guess I've we never established it I guess in universe the idea like if you try to go through the barriers just it feels like a solid wall or whatever. We discussed it in literally episode one, so it's so it's no wonder you don't remember. But yeah, it feels like a thousand feet of concrete from the inside. Okay. Uh, but you look at it and just a reminder, we, we don't talk much about it, but it's gorgeous. It's like a dancing light show and it's, you know, every color of the rainbow and shimmering. And it's, it's like you get used to it, but it's amazing. So, yeah, I think there's uh, some time spent staring at that and kind of reflecting on it. Other things is she's trying to kind of uh, get her emotional state under control. And then eventually she's going to head back towards the uh, avant-garde headquarters. Is that where the rest of you guys are going to? Because we can just meet up. I I assume that's a convenient place to wait until we get back, you know, bump back into Zoe. (laughs) Uh, So on the way there, I just want to make a note. Uh, Lauren, that is a plus three staff. So plus three to attacks with it and plus three to saving throws. Your spell save DC. And you can control one skeleton with it for an hour. Right now, it's obviously if you dedicated your life to necromancy, you could do more. But mm-hmm. with with no knowledge right now, you can get a skeleton do, to do what you want at will. Fuck yeah. Okay. Uh, so you guys all get home eventually. And, uh, you know, Winifred's there and he's doing the dishes. <laughs> hey, guys. Winnie, I can control skeletons now. Oh, I cleaned this cup. It's really shiny. Oh, good job, buddy. I'm slightly less of a shitbag. Hey. <laughs> We've all undergone so much change today. Speaking about uh, controlling skeletons and such, I wanted to bring this up when we were all together. Um, uh, while it is nice that we have access, that we'll have access to the Hawthorne Mansion, I'm not particularly interested in relocating us to there. I'm just gonna like visit them and like play games with them. If the property were to be under any of our particular uh, overview, it should be Doris. Sweet. <laughs> you got a spooky house. Ah! Do you have any objections to that, Veltari? You can come play with, with the with the stat. Oh, you can you can come play with the skeletons. It's fine. I've done nothing while I've been here to deserve it. Go on. <laughs> Hold on. Did you just say you can come play with my staff and then rethink that sentence? <laughs> It requires oh, both hands. Ooh. I thought nobody noticed. I thought I got away. So is this Roland's gift to Theodora, the same way he gave out his equipment to everyone else? This is the... Uh, yes. The IOU. You got the coolest <laughs> gift. I know, so many skeletons. <laughs> uh, so I think at this point, uh, during all the staff jokes, uh, Zoe gets home as well. Zoe, I can control skeletons now. That's pretty dope. Don't make them do weird shit. <laughs> no, we're gonna like play croquet and shit. Oh, that's fine. Language. I just realized I need to go do something really quick. And at this point, Veltari's literally just gonna sprint up, uh, sprint up to her room, close the door, wait for her guitar to say that that Grace exists, and then <laughs> just kind of grumble to herself like, "Fucking waste of a cool spell," and and run back <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, just a, a point of order: your room has been tossed. Yeah. I expected as much. It's fine. I go in, shut the door, hear the grace message, 
grumble that I wasted a good spell and I come back down to the meeting. Just wanted to get that done. The camera hovers a moment over one of the items amongst the mess, which is the signet ring that was amongst Bumbershoot's possessions. We saw way back when you first got here. And I think this is like the first time the audience really puts together that the seal on it, like the symbol on it is the same as all the scenes we've seen with Count Danto, now Lord Danto. Uh, It's the same orchid wreathed in flames. That is the house he controls. It's just not a twist. It's just- This is a big surprise I did not see coming. (laughs) (laughs) It's just some- reminder to everyone yeah. that that is still happening in the background but then you rejoin Ch- it's Chekhov's ring <laughs> no all right so you guys are all in the downstairs what's up have we done everything in town because i feel like now's the time that we go try and talk to the barrier <laughs> you guys cleaned up all the side quests and now it's <laughs> it's time to do the main mission can i clarify can we have a long rest first can we all just have a nice long nap yeah can we just have like a nice rest can we have a nice long nap and then go deal with this barrier? All right, so let's let's trust Austin that he's not going to screw you over and say that you guys sleep off your very big stressful day, and in the morning you re-energize, uh, go out to do the big glowing marker on your map, which <laughs> signifies the plot. I have a couple of things I want to do before we go. Does Veltari know how Wolf feels about the barrier coming down or not? Uh, yeah, he's he's been pretty clear. He was chased here by an angry mob. Yeah. People on the outside hate trolls, and here he is a justice hero. So he would be absolutely crushed if the barrier went down. Uh, we should actually be clear about that. What everyone's feelings mm. about this? Uh, the rocks are wanted criminals. The barrier going down is very bad for them. Uh, Wolf really likes the barrier. Uh, Light likes the barrier. He does not want his daughter to run away. But Grace very much wants it to go down. She wants to see the world. Uh, Mardis would like to at least go tell his dad he's alive uh carrie very much wants to leave she feels like she's trapped here penny could have it either way she likes being kind of the big shot in charge and actually claire elise as well kind of likes the taste of power but doesn't want to be trapped forever both of them would eventually want to leave just not anytime soon uh winifred you guys have never asked winifred (laughs) i was actually expecting at some point someone to spend a downtime scene with him and just like ask about his backstory I was legitimately, uh, before we kind of just said everyone went to bed and did that, I was going to say Zoe was going to st- uh, stay up the night and actually talk to Winifred about some things, but... <laughs> okay, no, I'd like to have that scene. Um, any other NPCs? Anybody's curious about their position on the barrier? Sylvia? Uh, Sylvia was kicked out of her home exile. She kind of said that a little bit before she was cut off once in a good bit, where you're like, your backstory is very interesting. We're kind of doing something, Sylvia. Uh, she has nowhere to go. And she is a big shot. Actually, she's rich now here. So she actually probably would not like it if the barrier came down and she probably had to find somewhere else to go and she would not be rich anymore because money would exist again. So she actually probably likes it. What about Azrael? Azrael wants to go home, which is another planet. So uh, yeah, well, here's the thing about Azrael is he was sent here to get information about the barrier. So while he wants to leave, he doesn't want to leave empty handed is kind of the twist there. Okay. So everyone goes to bed, uh, but Zoe, you stay up a little bit longer and you want to talk to Winifred? I think he senses, he's psychic. He senses that you're kind of in a downer mood. Yeah. And so he he probably like brings you like a banana or something. He's like, <laughs> is this good for you? He just kind of pushes it in your direction. I don't know what you eat. I eat psychic energy. I mean, you make preserves, but I'm also allergic to those, I guess. 
I think it was just the Blackberry. Oh. It's not the concept of preserves. <laughs> it would be weird to be allergic to the concept of preserves. I think it was just the one berry. Oh. I'm sorry, Winnie. I'm kind of dumb. So <laughs> No, you're not dumb. You're just uh, focused on certain things and not other things. That's okay. You know what they say? If you try to judge a fish based on his ability to fly, then everyone's dumb or something. I think there are some fish that can fly, though. Well, they said it, not me. Uh, hey, Winnie, <laughs> I had a question I want to ask you that's somewhat uh, related. Why did why did you choose to come to Ilium? Oh, no one's ever asked me that before. I just assumed nobody cared. Oh, uh, I, I guess I just thought everybody else already had asked you, and I don't know, I've just been, uh, maybe not thinking the way I should have been since I've gotten here, and I wanted to know. I- I'm a flump, <laughs> and we eat psychic energy. That's like our fuel source. And out in the world, everything is bad vibes all the time, and it's a total bummer, and it tastes bad. And so I didn't really like any of the places out there, and so I was just kind of going on an adventure looking for good vibes. And I saw this big colored weird mystery and i didn't know it was gonna trap me and so i went in trying to find good vibes and then i got stuck so you've just been stuck here because you got kind of curious basically i was i'm just i was just trying to find nice people to spend time with and share with and then i found you guys which is good so are you happy in ilium i'm happy with you guys but do you like living here? Like, if the barrier went down, would you just want to leave? Do you have, like, a home to go back to or anything? You guys are my home. How long did it take you to sort of figure out what you were going to do trapped in here? Oh, I mean, I floated around a long time trying to see if I could find anybody with good vibes. And most of the people here, well, all of them, really, <laughs> have a lot of bad vibes because you don't come here unless... Something bad happened out there, like people are scared or they're greedy or they're mean or something. And so I floated around lonely for a long time. And then Dora showed up and she has uh, spooky vibes, but she also has a lot of uh, friendship vibes. And she was always trying to find good friends. And then Roland showed up and he has very shiny vibes. And then you showed up. You have uh, sparkly vibes. And I like those. And then Veltari showed up, and her vibes were bad at first, but they've gotten a lot better. Huh. Bumbershoot's vibes were always bad, and I never really trusted him. <laughs> Just putting that out there. But I tried. I was trying to be open-minded, but his vibes were icky. Do you think this place should stay? Like, if you could choose to keep Ilium or get rid of it forever, do you think it's good to have a place like this? I've never really thought of it before. I just kind of go with the flow and just try to enjoy every day instead of thinking about what could be. But I know that a lot of people do like this place and they get joy out of it. And I wouldn't want to take that from them. But I also know it makes a lot of people sad and I want them to be happy. So I guess there isn't really a good answer. I want everybody to be happy, but sometimes it's impossible. Yeah, I think I'm seeing that in action now. What's important is for memory. As long as you make 
the people that will be unhappy from your decisions, marginalized and dehumanized, then you can make any decisions without any remorse. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not a good message to take from this scene. Shoot. Or just do the traditional Dungeons and Dragons thing, which is all the people you disagree with are mindless monsters, and then you can just beat them up for experience points. The the murder hobo platform. It's a mm-hmm. it's a fine gambit. I mean, does that help? I feel like your vibes aren't as shiny right now. Is it my fault? Did I do bad? No, no, it's not your fault, Winifred. Actually, you helped a bit. I'm just um I think I'm still like you kind of floating around till I find those good vibes. <laughs> Man, we're all just floating around through life trying to get good vibes, am I right? <laughs> you sound like Ishmael. <laughs> Do you have that dank herb? Did you make dank herb marmalade? <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, Winifred wishes you good night, Zoe. She'll give him a hug. Aw, he gives you a big tentacly hug. <laughs> and he whispers in your ear, I have a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That seems like a weird thing to clarify. I know you've been talking shit about my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh no! It's 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 the it's the revenge of Winnie. Like and then Winnie just shows up on the map again and overwhelms everyone. <laughs> yeah, I hear I hear you talking shit about my mouth. No, sorry that that was an Austin joke. He doesn't actually say that. He wishes you a good night, and then the next morning you guys all wake up refreshed and full of spell slots. Uh, what do you do? I. I want to suggest that we just go to the barrier in general. I don't think there's any specific point on the barrier that, like, is worth heading to. Just wherever is the closest. (laughs) All right. So the avant-garde gear up and head out and just walk to the edge of town. And there is a huge, colorful rainbow aurora uh, towering overhead up into space. And it is the same as it's ever been. Okay. I want to try and kick things off. I thought you said you were going to kick it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I want to kick it. Um, No, I want to kick... I kind of want to kick things off by trying to cast Detect Thoughts, specifically trying to, like, see if I can discern anything from the barrier. Viltauri, you cast Detect Thoughts. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. 27 natural 20. Yep, that's 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 a natural twenty on constitution. Uh, so you try to reach into the thoughts of the aurora, whatever that means in this context. And basically, what happens, and this is the closest analogy. There's no real way to describe this in a way that would make sense to humans who experience non-magical life. Uh, but the equivalent is you're hit by a kind of blast of white noise, like something, but not thoughts as you recognize them. Is is this? surface level what i'm getting it's not th- it's not thoughts you try to contact it and your brain doesn't know what to do with whatever it gets and if you had rolled lower it might it might have been bad for you as it is it's just like that channel just doesn't work for you yeah and that seems like that's not much for a crit but if you had not crit you'd be taking damage right now okay so that that that's overwhelming static <laughs> uh be careful you might want to be careful with this, everyone. Veltari says that, and Zoe, you see Lady Nim is leaning up against the barrier. No one else can see her, of course, with her green veins and the eyes all over her skin, her total body horror situation. And she says to you, you guys are really going to try connecting your minds to the m- most powerful concentration of magic in the universe? Good luck. I hope you like seeing your friend's brains drip out of their nose. 
is the problem is just perception. So that's why we're getting the static. So if Valtari just tilted her head correctly, <laughs> maybe she would have gotten a clearer signal. Can I like attach some like coat hangers to my horns to try and get like better signal? <laughs> so mate, you guys are gonna try some stuff, and right, people have tried stuff for decades. A lot of things have been tried, and mm-hmm. I don't think anything you can think of off the top of your head is going to work necessarily. But Lady Nim is watching, and she is of course Ganador. And while she didn't know. Before this, she learned at the same time that you guys did that it was something that could be communicated with. She watches all this and she says to Zoe, hey, try the try the sword. Why? Maybe you just need more juice than a mortal can harness. Last time I used the sword, it, well, you know what happened. Believe me, if I could eat it, I would. <laughs> That's not what this is about. All right. Zoe's going to pull out the sword and uh, just hold it towards the barrier's edge for a moment. This is fucking feeling Kingdom Hearts like nobody's business. <laughs> so you hold out the sword of Ganador to the barrier. And just the way it reacted when you held it towards the spine, you see kind of tendrils, like inky, smoky, black tendrils kind of form on the blade and kind of reach out to touch it. And when they start to, they kind of reel back as if they touched a hot stove um, when they touch it. And Nim says next to you, like, ooh, I didn't even know things could be so powerful. (laughs) That's something else. That's not even power. I want to stab the barrier with the sword. Wait, seriously? Do it. Do it. I mean, that was Lady Nim's suggestion. Use the sword. I, I, as long as I, my fear was like, if the tendrils touch it, do they just absorb the barrier and I create a super duper god? But if it burns him at the touch, then, you know. So, Zoe, you plunge Gonador's sword into the barrier and it shatters, basically. You just give it a mighty thrust. And as the tip hits it, it splits. But rather than coming down in shards of blade and landing in the grass it splits open into separate tendrils and it begins trying to basically feel across the barrier your sword is now a series of black tendrils and they keep trying to touch and feel the barrier but it's clear that it's if not painful it is powerful in such a way that it can't maintain contact for long and nim says to you huh there's definitely Something in there. We need, we need a stronger connection. Tell Dora to use the book. Uh, hey, hey, Dora. Yeah, what's up? Try using the book. I, I, I got a hunch. Like, like, put it on the barrier. Open it up first and see if there's like a message in it, and then maybe the book against the barrier. Okay. I'm going to open it and write, Dear Ganny, what the fuck? (laughs) Well, no, you don't do that because during this whole conversation, by the way, Zoe's still holding the handle of what is now a writhing bouquet of tendrils. Tentacles. Tendrils. Tendrils is not quite. (laughs) We'll get there in a second because the the distinction becomes immediately clear. You reach into your bag and you pull out the book and you're going to write, Dear Ganny, (laughs) what's up or whatever. You don't get a chance to, though, because when you open the book, tendrils come out. Oh, sweet. It's never done that before. So tendrils are spilling out of the pages of the book and growing. And it's, you know, Ganador is an eye, but you've seen these things before, right? When you 
sacrificed a crab and one of them came through a portal and converted Zoe. And when Zoe tried to touch the spine with her sword, you see these things before. And we joke about tentacles, tendrils, uh, but it's actually clear to you now what they are because as they are coming out of the book, they're growing and they're just, they're becoming so big that you can actually like inspect them in greater detail. Are they sentient eyelashes? No, that would be hilarious. Oh, damn it. They're optic nerves. The kind of meat wire that attaches it to the back of the eye. Oh, heck. Mm. That's what is happening. And they're pouring out and they're growing and they're reaching out for the barrier. There's a lot of them. The sword is now optic nerves of Ganador and the book is full of them and overflowing and they're everywhere now. Can I try to pull the sword back? Yeah. I mean, you can start walking backwards and they'll just keep the sword keeps growing. Okay. Lady Nim says to you, Zoe, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're all going to go in together. How does that sound, Zoe? Go in where? To meet her. (sighs) Yeah. It's a mirror prison, isn't it? (laughs) What are we going into, though? I don't know. That's what makes it so exciting. You take too much joy in this. (laughs) <laughs> four optic nerves uh, start going towards the four of you and <laughs> Nim says just trust me this is gonna work I wonder if it's Nim or if it's just Ganador taking the visage of Nim they are one and the same if that's not clear one tendril for each of you is reaching out and it's going towards your face I'm not trying to prevent it at this point <laughs> yeah Dora walks towards it Okay, so this happens to Theodora and Zoe first. The tendril uh, enters your eye. It goes in through your pupil, and it connects you to this network of tendrils. Viltari and Roland, you see this happen, and it doesn't seem like it's hurting them, but they have been connected to this network. Do you do that as well? Right now, Theodora and Zoe is not... Those characters are not accessible to Viltari and Roland now. They have become one of Ganador for this scene. I feel like prison. I feel like this is a prison thing. We are we are the lords of getting people out of prisons and dealing with prisons. I'm I'm up for this. I don't like doing this, probably as much as you don't like do- doing this. But if anyone's gonna do it, it's us. Rude. <laughs> I meant us as in the the you know the avant garde collectively. I just think it was like mom and dad are like, oh no, we can't let the kids go in alone. No, no, that that is what Roland, that is what Roland's intent is, um, because you know this is this is eighty seven point five percent Godador's fault, and by proxy Dora. Uh, so to to be fair, like the two people who've been into every like prison type scenario so far, which is where I assume this is going, and have like left every time, like we me and me and Roland are the constants. <laughs> All right, so Veltari and Roland, you guys let Godador's squirming, meaty, dark like oily optic nerves slither into your pupil. Yep. Roland will Roland will mutter a uh some small prayer to the triad as this happens, but yes. So the four of you go from standing outside the barrier to standing in a room. All four walls, the floor, and the ceiling are mirrors. You can see your own reflection in them, and it's overwhelming. You're surrounded all four of you by an infinite refractory display of your reflections. And it is very overwhelming and also paradoxical because there are no light sources in this room. I don't know if you guys have ever thought about a room made up of only mirrors, but to see it would require a light source, which would give you some kind of grounding. 
And that is not the case. So this space is physically impossible. That's the first thing. Uh, the second thing is uh, you guys seem to be all right. Nothing hurt you. You're not under any control. You're all still have all your limbs, but it's the four of you in this room. You don't see any evidence of Gonador. Uh, you don't see any evidence of anybody else right now. That's where you are. Uh, I'm going to do the thing that I always do upon entering mirror prisons and use thaumaturgy and just shout, hello. <laughs> nice. You see in one of the mirrors, the vague shape, the outline of an average human woman appear. I say outline in a very literal sense because mm -hmm. this reflection is two-dimensional. Mm -hmm. It is not a reflection of anything. It is mm -hmm. inside of the reflection. Does that make sense? We're, we're in a very mm. non-Euclidean kind of scene here. It's flat. It's not like there's no depth to even the reflection itself. It's literally just the outer line on a flat plane. It's the silhouette of a kind of average-sized proportioned woman who is full of the Aurora's colors. And this figure, who is not in the room with you, only their reflection, and the reflection of her is not reflecting in the other mirrors. Right. She seems to only exist in one mirror as a reflection. And she appears in response to Veltari calling out, and you hear a voice say, Some of you call me Aurora. You may continue to do so if you wish. This will be simpler if you have a name to call me. Hello, Aurora. Hello, Theodora. Oh, cool, you know me. <laughs> I, well, I isn't the correct word. I do not have a self, but I understand the limitations of your language. If it helps you, yes, I know you. What are you? Yeah, what's your deal? <laughs> what are you? What is your deal? Uh, I'm a Nixie, and I do spooky things. That's my deal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's your turn. Aurora says to you, consider the stone. There are almost incalculable number of stones throughout the world of every size, shape, color, description, and composition, but they are all pale imitations of the perfect stone, the Ur stone. Do you understand? The ideal concept by which all th other lesser things are merely a shadow of. Correct. The world you inhabit, the world of the physical, is but one world. The world from which I originate is the world of the real, of the perfect, of which your world only reflects. So what are you doing here, then? Our worlds did not always intersect. Eons ago... We were thrown out of alignment, and now slivers of my world, the world of forms, intersect with yours, one at a time, creating an unnatural overlap. Can we use the term platonic in this, con in this context, and that will actually make sense? <laughs> yeah, Plato did not exist, but we can assume in, there's an equivalent in the D&D world. Because to some extent, we're talking about like platonic realism here in some capacity. So, yes, that is the 
absolute uh, philosophical basis for this conversation. This it's almost like you it's almost like I'm someone who spent way too much time watching a lot of stuff on this topic before. <laughs> so your your world was knocked out of alignment, and because it's moving in an imbalanced way, it occasionally just collides with this world for a moment. Yes. If you think of your world as a wheel made up of the different planes, the prime material, the Feywild, hell, you can think of my world as another wheel. And as they turn, one spoke at a time crosses over into yours in a way that was never intended. If you're here because of the spoke being on our world, then you're going to go away at some point, or... My time has already come and gone. I should have left years ago. However, the guardians of your world have pinned me here like an insect on a needle. Mm. But why? Did you do something? Because they're afraid. Because they fear what comes next. I am, in their estimation, relatively harmless. But the next spoke that may intersect may be more powerful. Do you know what the next spoke is? Yes. Should our world fear the next spoke? Your world fears everything. That is is true, but is the next spoke worthy of the fear necessary to stop the motion of the planes as you describe it i understand your thought processes enough to say that yes there are those who would rightly fear what comes after me but i do not feel fear or want any of the feelings that drive you so i I was never insisting that you were fearful of this just rather that It's a rationally sound concept to feel fear about the next thing. That's all, you know. So what can you do then if all the spokes do different things and the next one's really scary? What do you do? You know better than nearly anyone what I do. You have lived within me, (laughs) literally. So you're just the barrier then? No. This is a manifestation that was never intended. All life capable of making decisions lives with me from birth until long after death. Hmm. You have just experienced a physical and perceivable avatar rather than the conceptual touch all other humanity has felt. I mean, the way... The way you speak, you act at your you're speaking as if you're the embodiment of agency and of of itself. Based based on how you speak. The gnome inventor who came here attempted to recreate me in his mirrors. He came close with his simulacrums. However, he neglected an important detail. It is not simply imprisonment that I am. After one is imprisoned and they are released, imprisonment does not end. You carry it with you for your entire life and beyond. All the feelings, the stigma, 
the shame, everything that being trapped is, is with you forever. That is my burden, the burden that all life carries. The burden of being forced to live with all the decisions you make. Yes. Once you enter, you cannot leave. You can only take me with you. Are you life? (laughs) All life contains me, but I do not contain all life. Oh shit, we're gonna get into one of these types of riddles. Damn it. Uh, where's my where's my book of riddles here? Uh I wanted to say, are you the Hotel California? <laughs> Zoe's uh, just gonna ask, she says, uh the way you describe yourself, you kind of sound a lot like sins that once you kinda of have them, you carry them with you forever. That is one word. Your languages contain imperfections that I do not reflect, but that is Not a bad word, if you were to choose one. You of all the people in this room should know my true form. (laughs) Perhaps you have felt me most intimately, most recently, and you yourself have reached out and touched my world with a name. Wait, you mean Barakael stuff? The true and perfect descriptor of a life. I mean, like, uh, shit. (laughs) <laughs> the last time Dice Funk had a conversation with one of these, <laughs> Lauren killed everyone, so I'm excited. Uh, yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> but that's beside the point. Uh, um, Aurora says, you all carried me with you before you ever came to this town. The paladin who failed to save so many lives. The Nixie who took lives wherever she went. The child who disappointed her parents at every turn. The orphan who could not even retain the love of her parents. You're, you, you're, just, you're just simply the embodiment of guilt, aren't you? I am guilt. Because no matter, no matter what happens after you commit an act that you are guilty of, nothing can remove the underlying guilt that is carried by the perpetrator. You understand perfectly. I might contradict Roland here for a second. Once you have guilt on your shoulders, you can't get rid of guilt once you're carrying it. Other people can help get rid of it. Guilt's not a thing you can shift, it's a thing other people can help shift. You understand. (laughs) And so, you understand how it could be possible to leave without leaving. Because even if even if one leaves, they still carry you with them. Yes. And therefore, they're always within your dominion. Correct. I can't even keep it from creeping into my, my voice acting that I'm so proud of you. <laughs> so what is it that's keeping inhabitants from leaving this spoke that happens to be centered on this one location is it their inability to ever be truly separated from guilt itself or is it an inability to reconcile with that fact it is an inability to reconcile their guilt internalize it and carry it with them it all seems so simple now that (laughs) (laughs) i feel like laughing it all feels so simple when we look back at it now 
everyone comes here because we're guilty. We're all guilty of something. That's why we end up here, and that's why we're trapped here, is because we're all <laughs> we're all guilty of something. It's all it's almost funny. It's almost funny. <laughs> it, it's not just being guilty. It's being guilty and perhaps being unwilling to accept the fact that that is the state that we're in. Yeah, this is Austin. It's it's the mirror, but with an understanding that it's a process and not an end goal. Right. Then that's and that's why the mirrors that Lucas and Grace have made are imperfect because th- they treat guilt as something that once you reconcile that you have it, that that is enough to release you. It doesn't come with any any strings attached that binds you to that fact to carry with you. It's a limitation of justice is to reconcile that it's not perfect and it's just every day it will be a struggle to carry with you everything you've done. I'm going to ask you a blunt question, Guilt. The mirror, those imperfect mirrors that were made, there was a whole idea that, you know, someone put you in there because you had been deemed of a, you know, your crime and that there was a definitive, you know, sentence that once achieved, you know, once you've achieved this point, you know, you'll, you'll leave. Is that the situation here? Are you in a position where if someone met certain criteria, you would make a choice to let them leave? Is that how this works? If you could achieve peace with the guilt you carry, then you could take me with you and leave this town. So someone would have to be willing to shoulder that guilt in a direct manifestation with them. There are people who go their entire lives with absolute genuine intense effort and are never able to attain that state. But as you have seen yourself with the help of others, it can be achieved. Your other option, if you ever wish to set foot outside of Ilium, would be to simply remove that which binds me here. The sacrum. The spine that is a, that is affixed within this barrier. It is what is pinning the spoken place. Correct. Now there's at least two options. I, I guess... Part of me is thinking, hmm, that first option, what is the actual uh, consequences of taking that on? Ooh, I love that you said that because I made a little list. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's get this party on the road. Let's see what, let's, let's take a look at the, uh, the presents we get for taking this on. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, so this is very important. This is everything the series has been leading to. So I'm going to lo- walk you through the pros and cons of the two options before you. They're actually, as designed, was other options, but some of those have been closed off because of stuff we'll talk about in the finale. Uh, The two options before you are to destroy the spine or to reconcile your guilt. The pros of destroying the spine, we'll start there. The pros are Zoe will surpass her sister as the person who brought down the barrier, which will bring her what she has at least claimed to want all along. That is the first pro of destroying the spine. The second pro is that uh, Gonador will get what he wanted, which was to troll the other gods, and he will reward Theodora proportionally to that, which is who knows. Who knows how he works, but also 
undoubtedly Zoe will reap some benefit from helping Gondor achieve his aims. And finally, the pro of destroying the spine is that you will free the other inhabitants of Ilium who are trapped. People like Carrie, who very desperately want to leave. Uh, the cons of destroying the spine is that you will make Warden Light hostile. You will be destroying his home and allowing his daughter to leave. He will be irreconcilably hostile to the party from here forward. Uh, also, you will expose the refugees, people like Wolf the Troll and the Giants and the Rocks, uh, to whatever drove them here. They will become exposed to danger. And finally, uh, whatever is after guilt will arrive, and you do not know, and you get the sense that she will not tell you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, those are the cons of destroying the spine. Would <laughs> this is a really dumb question, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, as far as re- reward from Ganadar, would he take requests? Because Dora wants to make him happy, but she doesn't want to leave the barrier. You don't know. Right now, Gondor has basically plugged you guys into this, but he's not here with you, so you can't ask him. And once you get out, you could ask him, obviously. Uh, but Gondor is Gondor, which means, you know, unpredictable. Yeah. But le- le- this is Austin speaking from DM knowledge. That's real. He will reward you. Okay. That's not like a trick. It's just mm-hmm. the, the form is unknown. And what's the pros and cons of our other option? The other option, which is to internalize your guilt, come to some kind of peace with that, and then just walk out like you have done with the mirrors. Uh, The pros are that the next spoke of the world of forms will not arrive. Uh, It will continue to be guilt, which has, you know, people have complicated feelings about it, but it's not hurting that many people. It's not like previous seasons where it was an apocalyptic event. It's just weird. Right. Uh, the next pro is that the refugees inside will remain safe. Wolf will not be hunted by a mob. Mm-hmm. The, the rocks will not be arrested. Uh, and the final pro is that Warden Light will remain your ally because he wishes for the barrier to continue. He has obviously conflicted feelings about the gods, but they did send him here to pin this thing. Uh, the cons of just walking out are that Gonador will become irretrievably hostile. That's not how, that is not what he wants. And that will there will be consequences the second con is that the prisoners is what i've written in my notes but the people who want to leave who can't will remain trapped carrie in particular will take this as an unforgivable betrayal if you leave her behind (laughs) considering yet your interaction so far uh that's the one that comes to mind but there are other people who want to leave very badly and finally guilt will remain here which will continue to trap people who arrive in the future that you have no reason to believe anyone else will get as far as you have. And maybe that this will just be a prison that fills up with people forever. And those are the pros and cons of the two approaches before you. Uh, So Zoe's going to ask. So those are like the two options. If we want to do something, right? What if we don't want to do anything? Okay. So, uh, Aurora or guilt will answer you in a second. Austin wants to answer this just so it's clear to everyone. Mm. Um, things that are going on outside currently are Mara Sladen is in some kind of trouble. Uh, somebody is sending zombies after Dora. They will continue until she is eventually killed. Um, and whatever is going to happen to Stellarosa is going to happen to Stellarosa. Although in character, Zoe didn't actually pick up on the hints that Stellarosa is working for Danto. Yeah, uh, Zoe's, I guess, asking, this can partially be out of character, 
do we all have to make the same decision? That's a very interesting question. I'm glad you got there, mm. uh, which is some of you could go try to figure out how to internalize your guilt and the, some of you other could go destroy the spine. So then what happens is the villain of season three is half of the party, right? Yeah. Which be, let me be clear. That's a legitimate choice. It'll be Warden Light and whoever tries to internalize their guilt versus Ganador and whoever tries to destroy the spine. Those will be the two factions of the rest of the campaign. That is the war that Ganador foresaw in a way. He didn't know exactly the form it would take. That is the stay inside the barrier storyline, frankly, is the war for it. Is it bad that like the biggest thing when I'm like weighing stuff up right now is like, mm, really don't want to piss off a certain someone that I get on very well with. I mean, that's very in character for Voltari because she doesn't have a lot of people who trust her. So someone who yeah. very much enjoys her company is very precious. And I, yeah. I'm into it. If it is more interesting, I can give you Zoe's answer right now. Cause I kind of knew this was where the, the season was going to go. I, I had an anticipation this was the choice that was going to have to be made. Okay. I'm not sure if that speaks well or poorly of my storytelling, but go on. No, I, I think it speaks very well of it. Uh, so I, I've been knowing where Zoe is going and all the events have kind of fallen. So I can bluntly state out where she is if, if we want to, or I could save it. I mean, I know what Dora's going to do. So uh, Zoe will turn to the rest of the group and she's going to say, so I don't know what you guys all are thinking, but I'm not leaving Ilium. I know I came here with my only real goal being to take down the barrier, but I didn't really understand what was on the inside. And I've seen it and all the people here who have a home, and I don't want them to lose what they have. And I also don't want Ganador to win. I don't really know what his end goal is, but there's a part of me that just doesn't want to let him have any kind of victory. So I'm fine with staying in here forever. That's something I've made peace with. But I won't let anyone destroy the barrier. You won't? You won't let? Zoe will give you maybe the only time you've seen like real confidence in her eyes. She says, I don't do anything right, but I will give everything I have to make sure the barrier stays up. There's a little bit of says, Don't I remember that. <laughs> if you'd asked me days ago this would have been an easy choice <laughs> i am in a position right now where i don't know what to do and this is new for me because the right thing to do has always been what's good for valtari <laughs> and right now even if i was gonna stick with what's good for valtari i don't know what's good for me because you know what the problem with this place is right now this place is simultaneously the only place that has anyone that cares about me, and the only place that I cannot escape from what I've done. People here know that I have done terrible things. Things that I have done here are going to catch up, and I'm not going to be able to run from them. But it's the only place where there's anyone who's ever cared about me. And I don't know which of those wins out. I don't know whether I stay here for the people who care, or if I run for the people who don't. Roland just nods to, to Zoe and Valtari. I wouldn't force either of you to make a choice that is against your best interest. But I need to do what I can outside of here at the very least to help some friends that I've let down. 
and to rise up against a foe that threatens many people outside of here. At the same time, I can't bring myself to tear down the barrier for everyone who inhabits in here. So if there's a pathway to reconcile my past failures and carry them with me going forward, it would be what I feel is right. I wish it was that simple, Roland. This is <laughs> this is not me struggling to make a choice where I feel like, you know, I should really do this, but I, I just can't bring myself to. I, I don't know whether I can live in a place where I can never run from how people see me and I never get a fresh chance. I, I don't know if I can live knowing I'll never get a fresh a fresh chance to, you know, make new impressions on people. But I don't know if I can run away from the only people that have given me a second chance knowing everything that I am. I, I just don't know. Whether you stay or whether you come along with me, I have a feeling that there'll always be at least one person that you can look to who is willing to look past your past mistakes. I don't know that I can handle this choice. At which point I I want Veltari to just like nope out of out of this room to just leave the rest of the avant garde and if if that is an option and just just go. Yeah, that's what I was gonna do. <laughs> I was just gonna nope out. That's absolutely fine. Uh, Veltari, you're the first, and you're suddenly back outside. Yeah. Standing in the grass, and the tendrils retracting from your eye. <laughs> And you're there. And Theodora, are you next? I'm going to look at them both and say, I've made my choice and I'm going to leave. Roland? Zoe? I understand why you've made your choice, Zoe. I, and I agree with you that removing the barrier entirely is not a very desirable idea right now. I know why people want to leave, but if the choice is between one or the other, I think I found a purpose for myself in this place that is more than I ever thought I could have when I came into there. I want to do everything I can to help the people who are trapped inside. Because there are a lot of people here who need help, and I think maybe that's kind of what I've been meant to do all along. I understand. I would like to stay here and help those who need it, but for now, I still have things I need to take care of. I have to reconcile with mistakes I've made directly, but I will not do it. I will not exit in such a way that will that will allow Ganador to win. Uh, Zoe will just uh, like give Roland like a a pat on the shoulder, and she just uh, says, "No matter what decision you make, it's okay because I trust that you're making the right one. It's who you are, and no matter what happens." Thanks for believing in me. And then Zoe's gonna, like, head out to exit. Zoe, you are now standing in the grass. Roland? Roland's going to look to the, uh, the impression of guilt and say, Is there a specific way that one must go through to internalize and reconcile with their guilt? Or is it something that is innate but restrained by by other thoughts that a person may carry. Guilt says, there are many paths to personal peace. However, you have witnessed the power of transformation. As I said, 
the simulacrums are only missing one element of myself. All they need is a little adjustment. I think I understand. Thank you for your time. She nods. Then Roland exits. So all four of the avant-garde find themselves standing in the grassy field just inside the barrier of Ilium. And it takes a moment, probably, for you all to decompress because you just interfaced with a manifestation of the abstract concept of guilt. But after you take a moment to collect yourselves, what do you do? Look, everyone, I I need to go deal with some things and there's there's I I don't know what I'm I'm gonna do, but I know something I need to do, so I'll I'll find you all. I I know to probably look either at the sacrum or at the uh, headquarters, I guess. We'll 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 see you later, Veltari. Hopefully so. Okay, Veltari, where are you going? <laughs> I am going to go see Wolf. All right. Uh, so Wolf the troll is currently uh, uh, minding his potato patch. He's uh, not expecting company. It's the morning. Remember, you guys kind of woke up refreshed to go visit the barrier, and so he's kind of just uh, lounging in his uh, his field. Hey, uh, Wolf. Yeah? Yeah. Are you you okay? I'm not okay, Wolf. I'm not okay. It's it's been a morning. Is it? Is it injustice? I can I can get ready. I can go. I'm not dressed, but just give me a minute. And we can go get them. It's the kind of injustice that we're not going to be able to take to Wallop City. Oh, that's the worst kind of injustice. I hate it. Yeah, this is the uh. Well, I say we can't deal with it at Wallop City. You may disagree, but. We'll have to take it to Headlocksville. <laughs> oh, Wolf, you're you're too wonderful. Um, I I need to talk with you, Wolf, and I suspect by the time we're done, things are going to be different with us by the time we're done. So, uh, I, I'm I'm not ready for any kind of commitment. I don't know. No, no, no. Sorry. Okay, well, I just want to let you know, I'm 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 a free troll. I need my independence. It's all right. I've I've got someone I'm interested in. It's all right. Um, Wolf, I need to talk to you about some things that I have been dishonest about, and they're things that I'm pretty sure I could keep hidden from you, and everything could be fine. But I need to talk to you about them, and all I ask is that you hear me out until I'm done, and. Whatever you decide to do when I'm done, I will... <laughs> you can do what you need to do, but I I just need to talk to you, and I need you to listen, if that's okay. Of course. I, I, I can listen good. So, I honestly believe you are a wonderful person that deserves a lot of happiness and deserves a lot more care and respect than people give you, and I think that you are fully deserving of the hero ship that you have. I think you're more deserving than most people in 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 this barrier, if not all of them. And that includes me. You're more deserving than than I am by a long way of of that. I have done this is this is tough. 
And this is tough for me to do because I'm legitimately terrified that you are going to hate me when I tell you this. And you should. I deserve to be hated. It's not you, it's me, okay? (laughs) Pretty much. I am not the original wearer of that mask. The person you first met wearing that mask was someone that was doing some very bad things and that I felt the need to stop. And I lied to you for personal gain. I lied to you to get you on side. I lied to you for my own my own personal reasons. I I tried to cover up the fact that someone that was a friend of yours I'd had to kill. I felt that it was the right thing to do. I felt it was the way to keep people safe. And I was afraid of losing you as a friend. And I I pretended to be the original mask wielder so that you wouldn't have to live with the knowledge that one of your friends killed another of your friends. And I can say that I wanted you to feel happy. Like, I, I didn't want you to suffer with that knowledge. It's it's me. I, I didn't want to have to admit it in case I lost a friend. It wasn't about protecting you. It was me being terrified that you would stop being my friend if I told you I'd killed him. And so I pretended I was him. I pretended to be him to stop <laughs> losing you as a friend because you are a legitimately lovely, wonderful person. And... I hid the fact that I was, you know, hanging around with the Popo. From moment one that we chatted, I pretended to be captured by the Popo rather than acknowledging I was one of them, because at first I just needed information from you. I needed to know things that you knew, and you didn't know me. It was an easy thing to do, but I quickly realised you're a wonderful, wonderful person, and... I spun myself into this web of lies trying to keep a friendship that I never deserved because you are too you are too good of a person and I didn't deserve you and I I've done terrible things trying to keep you from not being my friend and now I'm willingly telling you this and I'm probably throwing that friendship away but there you go I I lied to you from the moment we met, but I I meant every word I said when I gave you that mask. I think that you are you are someone with a moral compass that that really can be trusted with being a hero. I think you deserve it more than I do, and I think that you you're a better person than me, and I'm sorry for everything I did to you. Can you roll me persuasion? Yeah, I can roll persuasion. Sorry, I realized that was a very, like, jovial voice I did for that. <laughs> Slightly tonally <laughs> dissonant. Uh, 21. All right. So I don't always do this, but I'm going to be a little bit transparent about the consequences of that check. Yeah. Uh, if you had rolled very badly, uh, the next thing I would have said after seeing the number is roll initiative. Yeah, that's... Even with a good roll, that's where I was I was bracing myself for. Yeah. But with a 21, which, remember, is a very high score. 20 is considered, like, perfect, usually. Mm. You do not get sunshine and rainbows and a parade. Uh, he reaches into his kind of sack outfit with his scarf and pulls out 
Garrick's mask. And he hands it back to you. I don't understand. If you ain't who I thought you were, then I I can't accept this. This was a gift between Justice friends, and we ain't there anymore. I can't make this right, but the least I can do is I can get you back... Get you back your medallion. We... We ain't there now, but I'm not saying we can't get there. I just... I I just need some time to think. You and me both, bud. You and me both. All right. Back with the party. Zoe. Next to you. Lady Nim says. She's just floating there. She She's... Like, the tentacles have retracted into the book and back in the sword is just a sword again. But Lady Nim is standing next to you and she says, I'm not going to try to convince you. I know what kind of person you are. You felt bad even killing someone in self-defense. You're hopeless. I understand that. But I just want to tell you, face to face at least, that I will find someone who'll do it. If not you, if not Dora, someone else. Maybe not tomorrow, next week, years. It'll happen eventually. And when they do, and they bring this thing down, I will find everyone you've ever cared about. Your family, your friends, your neighbors. I will kill them all. I will burn your hometown to the ground. I will salt the earth so that nothing grows for a thousand generations. They will stop marking that place on maps because it will cease to exist. That is my promise to you, Zoe Legrand. Are you done? Oh, I think I'm just getting started. I want to cast haste on myself. (laughs) Okay. And I want Zoe to run as quickly as she can to the sacrum. (laughs) Oh, by the way, wild magic. It is technically wild magic, yes. Wild magic time. A nine. You what? You fucking asshole. Yes. <laughs> I have as nine. Oh man, I, I kind of want to take a screenshot of this, but you'll see the rest of them. Nine just says divine intervention. Yes. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Next time. As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, including Acoustic Jam at the Lucifer Alpha, arrangement of Biohazard from Snatcher, and Destiny Forgotten, arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive producers for Dice Funk for the month of September 2017 are... 
Kerstin Haslinger, Jade, Extellaris, Joseph Tombrello, The Cult of Gorfinex, Dr. Goatman, Irving Royale, Ken Fursell, Andrew Grothen, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sauvier, Ziphasurus, Elderly Goose, Salad Child, Sarah Stone, Thorsten Gross, Devin Smith, Castor UK, Aki Savalainen, Iso, The Paladin's Wife, Florian H, Charm Wilkie, Komano the Komenu, The Future Mr. and Mrs. Hadsel, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T, Connor Reynolds, Sarah Likens, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V, Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefsen, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bangston, Josh Mosier, Dingo Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Justa Jester, John Potts, Savard and Akrasimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stuhlfar, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Sidlow, Christopher Charlotte, Jorrit, Viger Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. If you want to join this list and help support the show, you can find me at patreon.com slash austinyorski. You can also find Chris at patreon.com slash recap, and you can help support Laura by finding her work at kotaku.co.uk. If you want to help support the show indirectly, you can always find us on YouTube, Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, and probably like a hundred other places. And subscribe, comment, rate, share, or if you're listening to this in the far future, uploading it to your neural network. And if you're listening to this in the far, far, far future, I hope you're enjoying the HBO 2 adaptation of this season, although I think it's strange they cast Shia LaBeouf Jr. in the role as Robin. Not my first choice, but I respect the artistic integrity of our alien overlords who I hope will be resurrecting me shortly so that we can record season eight. That's the sex season.